Good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to 2018. Uh, for me, this is a, a non-planned event this morning. Um, I was excited about sharing last Sunday because it was the, the hinge Sunday, as Kirk expressed it, uh, getting ready for this new year. And the Lord had a word that I felt he gave us for the new year, which was eudokia, which is a word that is uh, used in the Gospels to explain God wanting to love on us as we come to him in childlike faith and hope. And, uh, and I thought, yep, thanks, Lord, for this year. And then yesterday, um, Kirk was due to preach this morning, and then yesterday um, he decided to test the bitumen with his head as he was out riding on a bike, and uh, he found the bitumen was harder than he thought. So I'm just a very relieved and thankful father that he is okay, because <laughs> yesterday at this time um, he was at the hospital getting his head examined. <laughs> But they proved he had a brain and it's okay. <laughs> you know, I've never had that done. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. Um, but, but welcome to 2018. And uh, it's fascinating because we pray here on a Saturday morning about the fellowship and the life of the church. And, and anyone is welcome to come. 7.30 Saturday morning, we're here for an hour and a half or two hours. And we just ask God what's on his heart. And yesterday we were here and asking God was on his heart and he seemed to come through very strongly through the different folk that were here with a, with a word that was quite challenging. Um, and then when I heard about Kirk's accident, I rang him and I said, mate, don't worry about tomorrow, I'll take care of it. And so, and then it was like I went home and I said, so Lord, what are you saying? He said, well, I've been saying it this morning, so why don't you say that tomorrow? I thought, well, that's fair enough. That's a good way to start. And so when I told Carol, who's not here today, what I was going to preach, she said, you never preach about repentance. And I said, well, the Lord said to me, this is the word for today. It's repent. And I said, oh, great. Because it seems to come with a threat. But what I wanted to bring today was the promise of the grace of God that comes with the word repent. And there's a big difference in how we grow up and we understand repentance like, oh, okay, I'm in trouble here. But the word that came through John the Baptist introducing Jesus into the earth was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so often we stop at the word repent and forget what the promise is beyond the repent. It's that the kingdom of God is at hand. And so the Lord's heart is that we would at the beginning of this year where his heart is to want to have us understand he wants to bless us. He wants us to live in the wonder of his loving goodness towards us, that we can understand the process that brings the blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And so that's the word from the Lord for today, as we would come before him and listen to his word, see his word and have it impact our hearts. And so I just want to read to you in Matthew 3, the the introduction to Jesus' baptism. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. And he was pointing to Jesus in that expression. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Sorry, this was... John was spoken of as the one who would come to declare and introduce Jesus. 
John's clothes were made of camel hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey, so he, he wasn't overweight. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Interesting for those of you that follow current world events. All of this was happening in what they now call the territory that's not belonging to, to Israel. I mean, how bizarre is that? Anyway, um, he called them confessing their sins. They were baptised by him in the Jordan. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, who were the religious leaders of the, of the Jewish, of the Hebrews, coming to where he was baptising, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. He wasn't actually being really friendly towards the Pharisees and Sadducees. He was kind of calling it into their face and saying, guys, what you're doing is not really going to work for you. I baptise you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is John's proclamation of what's going to come with Jesus. And then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you and, do you, and, and you come to me. John saw Jesus and realised that this was who he was speaking of. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfil all righteousness. And then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him and a voice from heaven said this is my son whom I love with him I am well pleased and this is the introduction of Jesus into his ministry being baptized by John the baptizer John the Baptist who had come to prepare the way and his preparation was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand and so when Jesus comes so too comes the kingdom Jesus then in his ministry, he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus brought alive to the people the invitation, the doorway to enter into the kingdom of God. And the two things that we need to understand and embrace, I believe, is that repent is one part of the process, but it is the doorway into the kingdom. The word repent metanoia in the Greek is often described and interpreted accurately as turning from the direction we're in to another direction and while that is a very descriptive and accurate uh, explanation of the word we sometimes see that as a physical function of I used to live like this and now I'm going to live like this and that is accurate when we repent but there's a process that goes beyond the action and that is we have a mind change. Our bodies are not disconnected from our minds. Our minds have to come to a point of deciding that we want to give our attention in the other direction. 
that we want to take from what we've been giving our mind to and give our mind to another direction. And as we give our mind to and our thoughts to another direction, so our bodies will follow. And so when we talk about repent, for me, as I was understanding something of my Christian conversion many years ago, to me it meant, well, I've been told I shouldn't dance, smoke and drink, and I'd probably done all of that, so I need to stop doing that and not dance, smoke and drink anymore, and that would make me a good Christian. I was repenting of choices I'd made. Now, okay, Jesus was in the mix, obviously. I'd said yes to Jesus, but the outworking of my repentance was a physical choosing of not that, but that. But that limits and, and, and so contains and constrains what the fullness of this repentance is all about. Repentance starts with a mind change, a change of thinking, a change of understanding that then leads us to going the other way in life's choices and life's actions. This morning, Scott prayed, let our eyes be on you, Jesus. The last, for the last couple of years, the Lord has just kept saying to me, David, the focus of your focus needs to be me. Jesus says, the focus of your focus needs to be me. You know, we focus on something, we give our attention to something, and then we focus in on it. And the invitation of Jesus, I believe, for all of us, is that we let him be the focus of our focus. That we would zero in on him as who we give our attention to. And Jesus is saying, repent. Now, he was saying, repent for the kingdom is near, because he knew, and John saw it in the, in the, the religious leaders, they were giving external assent to changing direction. They were fitting into the framework of what it should look like to be a good Pharisee or a good Sadducee or a good whomever. But it wasn't that. It was a heart and head thing that they weren't connecting with. And this is what Jesus says is the key. We, we get a light bulb moment of no longer will I act and think the way I am, the way I want to be, but I want to have Jesus be the great I am for me. And this this... This light bulb moment of yes, it's about saying yes to Jesus and choosing to say, I will change my ways, I will put my focus to you, Jesus. It's not like an inoculation that you get against measles. It's not something that you get that lasts for 10 years until you go for a booster. That's not what repentance is. Being born again is lasting forever. But the repentance that comes is meant to be a daily dose of goodness from God by the grace of God. That's the big key. That's the big difference. We're often challenged to act like Jesus acted. And we say, how are we going to do that? Well, the Lord told us how. When he was, when he was training his disciples in, in Luke 9, he said, you know, unless you're willing to die to yourself daily, you, you're not going to be able to be my disciples. And, and that's a bit confronting. But what Jesus was saying was, unless you're willing to lay down your agenda today and embrace my agenda in a childlike embrace of what I'm laying out before you, you are going to miss the blessing of the kingdom of God. You are going to miss what it means to be a disciple of mine. Jesus didn't need disciples to go out and bash people over the head. He, he, he engaged disciples as then and now as people who will go out and spread the love and the wonder and the power of the living, loving God. 
That's our job when we say yes. But we can't do that. It's impossible to do that when we depend upon a repentance act of years ago and think, well, we're sweet, we're right, I know what I'm about to do today, where we go in our own choices, in our own way. It's not, when Jesus says die to yourself, it's not an invitation to go and hang on the cross and, and sort of be there and say, look, look at me suffering for Jesus, you know, I'm suffering for Jesus. That's not the picture that God wants us to take to the world. He suffered for us that we don't have to now, okay? You know, we, we get so hooked up on, on, on wanting to relive many of the things that Jesus did so that we don't have to relive them. You know, it, it's, it's that hope that we have in the life that is meant for us through the love of God, his grace released for every one of us in this room and every one of us around us that don't know Jesus yet. Am I making sense? Martin Luther, the father of the Reformation, if you want, who had a really big conflict with the church in its day. Now, the church at that time was what we now call, would now call the Catholic Church. It was the church Catholic. It was all of the church as it was, and those that had come to know Jesus and or those that had professed to come to know Jesus, I don't want to be too presumptuous in that statement, but that was the church. But the church was operated in such a way that the people sat like this and listened. They didn't have a book to go and do their own reading. They had to take what the priest said and believe it. And Martin Luther was a guy that had studied the words and he was going... I'm getting a different picture from the one that's being told to me by all the heavies that know all the answers. And so he wrote a thesis and he nailed it onto a door and so began what we call the Protestant Reformation. I had the privilege, I don't know, a couple of years ago to go to Geneva and uh, there's a there's a wall uh, in Geneva uh, built which has all the reformers in it and it, it's an incredible wall it's at the university in geneva and it's it's got all the different reformers of the protestant reformation along this wall and and as you look along there you just well for me it was quite a one of those moments of realizing just how much god's heart has ached that the world would know of his grace and his love not his condemnation because a lot of the teaching that had preceded Martin Luther had had moved from God's love to God's control and God's anger with the world because of its behaviour. But Martin Luther said this, when our Lord and Master Jesus said repent, he willed that the entire life of the believer be one of repentance. He got it. He knew that saying, I repent, was not the complete picture. Saying I repent and having the Holy Spirit help us change our mind is the beginning of our life of repentance. A life where we keep laying down our agenda and putting it aside and saying, Lord, thank you that you know better than I do and that we need to come to a lifestyle that is in your heart, Father, for me. The life of fullness that Jesus speaks about in John 10.10. Sadly, many get lost 
when we start this journey in the kingdom and they miss the full blessing. I've, I've been asked many times by people, so what, is it, what does this life in all its fullness look like? What's it, what's it look like? And, and my answer is it's childlike acceptance of God's grace and love plan for you for the day. You get that? It's God's, it's, it's childlike acceptance. In other words, we come and we accept God's grace and love plan for you for today. Now, we've got 360-odd days left in this year, but God has a life-long plan for our lives, but it's made up of bite-sized pieces. And those bite-sized pieces are today, God wants to bless you by being here with your friends, celebrating Jesus and saying, Lord, I love you and thank you for loving me. And let's see what else happens. It's like the rest is up to God. So, and that's today. And guess what tomorrow morning is? Lord, thank you for today. I choose to look to you, Jesus, for what you want for me to have fun with you in the day. And then step out the front door and go and get a coffee and see what God does. I went in to pick up a coffee this morning. And uh, the lady at the coffee club said, so what's today? I said, well, today's Sunday. And she said, yeah. And I said, so I'm going to church and then we'll have lunch and I'll probably have a snooze this afternoon. She said, oh, that sounds good. And I said, uh, I said, you know, Kirk, my son. She said, yeah. I said, well, he was due to preach this morning, but he had a buster off a bike yesterday. And so uh, I, I get to have a Guernsey again. And uh, she said, oh, Kirk. She said, that's right. Kirk comes in here. And she said, and... and and your other son, the one with the long beard. I said, I said, no, he's actually not my son. His name's David. She said, he was here the other day and I was calling out, Kirk, Kirk, here's your coffee, here's your coffee. And in the end, he looked up and went. So she had David mixed up with Kirk. She had David mixed up as my son, this poor lady. I said to her, don't worry. I said, it, it happens. We all get confused at times. You can see how that could happen. <laughs> Bit of, they, they don't quite look alike. There's something in the beard. But anyway, the hair's getting close. <laughs> oh, dear. So, so I, I've already had a wonderful day. You know, I've had, I've had great excitement in my heart today as I listen to some stories about people understanding that we have a church where it's kind of all one big family. And this lady re acknowledged that. She said, well, you're all, you all seem to have fun. I said, we do. You're welcome to come and join us any time. So when we understand that God's plan is a good plan, we can ease ourselves into it. But the response to the invitation is often we, we, we try to become quite cerebral in our thinking about it. We go, well, you know, yeah, that's a good idea, God, but I've got to do this today. Or I've got these other things on my mind. And... I need to take care of them. And so we move away quite innocently sometimes and quite without intent from that leaning into God and saying, so what is it that you want today, Lord? And it's, it's, it's perfectly natural. But we're invited into a supernatural relationship with God where we do stay childlike, where we do go, God, I will follow your prompting. And we put our eyes back on Jesus in Revelation 2, the church of Ephesus is spoken to by Jesus according to John's words. And, and, and it's that... I'll read it. 
I can find it. I know where Revelation is, it's in the back of the book, but sometimes there's all these other pages that take forever to get past to get there. Um, Revelation 2. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars. He's speaking about Jesus. He says, I know your deeds. This is Jesus speaking through John's recording it. And your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You've persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. You go, yeah, yeah, I'm ticking those boxes, Lord. I feel good about that. And then there's a big but. Yet, I hold this against you. Words of Jesus. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you've fallen. Repent. And do the things you did at first, when you first fell in love with Jesus. If you do not repent, the rest is not a good story. The invitation is to continue to keep our eyes on Jesus. When you first fell in love with Jesus, when you first realised how great is the love of God that's been released into the earth, into your heart, that's what he says, hang on to. Hang on to that. Don't let the world and all that the world offers dull your perspective of the focus of Jesus in your heart and in your, in your mind. The world wants to. The world wants to do everything it can to win your affection away from Jesus. Now, it, it can be that, you know, it, I'm, I'm not saying that you isolate yourself from the world. Far from it. What I'm saying is we're meant to be in Jesus in the world. And that being in Jesus is having him be the core, the centre, the, 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 the heart of our heart. And that way, the way we do that is to repent every day of our choices, of what we think is a great idea and say, yes, Lord, your good idea for the day is what I want. Thank you. And, and then you can trust God with it. If it goes off the rails, if you fall off your bike, it's still God's got his hand in your life. He has, he has, he has. It's, it's like... It doesn't look flash at the time, but it's God's love is under you, over you and around about you. And I believe with all my heart that this year is a year when God wants us to live in this constant state of repentance so that we can enter into the fullness of the kingdom of God. Because that's the doorway in, is that we can live in the fullness of the kingdom. Now, what's that look like? That looks like laying a hand on someone and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. That looks like crying out to the Lord for his love and power to come on someone that's just fallen off their bike. It does. It does. And that's what we did. And it, and it looks like you bending over and blessing a child. It looks like you going into the Mercy Centre and, and loving on someone that needs special love that day. That's the kingdom of God at hand. The love and the power of God, his grace, his grace, his grace is sufficient. His grace leads to repentance. As he shows us his love and as we show other people love, other people come into the fullness of the knowledge of God. More and more the world wants to take us away and take our eyes off the prize. But don't let the world steal you away. Embrace daily the grace of God to let him release you into the fullness of childlike faith of a life of trust and obedience. This is what our good God is wanting to give us this year. As we enter into the kingdom, as we enter into daily living by repenting 
turning our mind away from the things that want to hold us and take our eyes off Jesus, let ourselves come back to that place of our first love, we can then go on boldly in the kingdom. You know, repent doesn't mean I get up this morning and I go through my laundry list of sin for the day, or for yesterday if I hadn't done it already. Or to say, Lord, I know I'm going to mess it up today, I'm sorry. But there's a really, 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 really good way to start the day. It's called the Lord's Prayer. I invite you at the start of this year to start every day with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, my Father in heaven, your name is holy. You know, it's like I declare straight up who God is. Let your kingdom come, Lord. We're saying, let your kingdom come. I want your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done, not mine. Let it be your day plan, not mine, Lord. You get it? Jesus said, pray like this. It's the only prayer he laid out for his disciples to follow. And it's a really, 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 isn't it, Tony? Really good prayer. Tony shared in our kinship that he started doing this some time ago. Do you want to share this? How's, how's this for impromptu? <laughs> Put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was actually when I was working at um, Vision International. Um, it was dealing with uh, meat and stuff like that, and um, yeah, I just uh, virtually it just come to me. God just said that, like I was very uncomfortable within the within the company, and there was a few things happening, and yeah, God just said I want you to start every day like this and so every morning I walked into the building I said the Lord's Prayer over the building and things just got so much better for me and then Leah and I actually have had a little bit of problem at home with um, with, one of, with one of our daughters and, and we've actually started in the past couple of weeks the Lord's Prayer every morning when we get out of bed having our cup of coffee and it's just changing Every day. Thank you, Jesus. It's just awesome. <laughs> Thanks for that testimony, Tony. You see, prayer changes everything. And when we go and we pray the prayer that Jesus said to pray, it brings us out of our own self into this repentant heart of not me but you, Lord. And that's what it is. It's changing our mind from being it's all about me to it's all about you, Lord, and letting that flow out through our lives. So we're all invited out of the world and into the kingdom because that's what Jesus said come on out of the darkness into the light that's the invitation at the start of this year repentance is not a dirty word somehow pointing to a lost life it's an invitation to allow God's grace and love to challenge your mind daily in a moment by moment choosing of his kingdom life over the short life draining offering that the world brings today choose Jesus he is the one who's gone before us he is the author and the perfecter of our faith he is the one who wants by the Holy Spirit to be our traveling companion through every day so repentance not a bad word it's a good word it's a word that says yes to you Jesus yes to your plan father no to my good ideas I bring them in subjection and submission to you God doesn't mind you having good ideas. You bring them to him. But don't hold on to them if he says let them go. So who wants to repent? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You see, 
it's not that one-time shot. Now, there may be some here, and I don't know everybody, who have never actually said, God, I do want to give you lordship over my life. That first act of repentance. And with that comes the doorway to the kingdom is wide open. So if you've never said, Lord, I do repent. I am sorry that I've made my agenda the way to live when yours is better. And if you've never done that, then this morning's a really good time to do that at the start of a year. If you haven't and you would like to and you understand the invitation that's being offered, then I invite you to come up later and have a chat so that we can pray together. But separately and then on top of that, those who want to repent at the start of the day, at the start of the year, to make sure that we kick the door open into the kingdom, I just, why don't we stand and we can pray all together? And if it's, if it's not you, if you've already, if you don't want to say yes to this, you can just say, Lord, I'm not in this, but if you're in it, just say, Lord, I'm in it, and then we're all together on it. Father, thank you. Thank you that you know us better than we know ourselves. You created us, you created us to love. Lord, you created the universe and then you made us so that we could be the apple of your eye, that you could love on us in a way that we don't even understand. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking that you're like a jailer and a, and a, and a controller, Lord. You're not. You're a loving Father whose heart aches over the choices we make when we miss the goodness of your kingdom. Help us, Lord, as we stand before you today to be a people who say, Father, I repent, I repent, and I choose to say yes to your kingdom. And Father, help us by your spirit to daily come to you, to daily come and to pray that prayer, Jesus, you left us to pray, that we might be acknowledging that, yes, Lord, it is your kingdom. It is your will we want to see in the earth. And Lord, we do not want to be led astray by the darkness. We want to keep our eyes on you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We want to keep our eyes on you, Jesus, in such a way that the brightness of the light would just chase the darkness away. Help us, Lord, to live every day in this year in the wonder and the glory of your grace, which will blow our minds, Lord, and take us to places we've never imagined because you are good. You are a good, good Father. And all the people that agreed said, Amen, Amen, Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome 2018.